0: This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission.
1: Welcome to episode 46 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on April 23rd, 2021. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing
2: and i'm ivy ho director of communications we are your hosts for downtown lowdown we'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business resources and issues that affect downtown we also talk to key individuals that help make downtown halifax better
1: on this episode in Bizbuzz, we have business updates and milestones how to best support local with the new restrictions we'll tell you about a few virtual events coming up and more we'll also talk about scheduled summer pedestrian friendly street closures waived patio fees, and a COVID-19 report on newly announced public health restrictions. But first,
2: Alana will be talking to Gordon Stewart, Executive Director of the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia. They will be discussing the new restrictions that were just announced and how the restrictions will affect the food and beverage industry and the new dogs on patio rule that came into effect in late March. We were recording this episode virtually via video conferencing, so we apologize in advance for any sound quality
1: issues. We are welcoming Gordon Stewart back to Downtown Lowdown. Gordon is the Executive Director of the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia. The Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia, or RANS, has been representing and lobbying for the food and beverage industry since 1947, and represents over 30,000 people in the food service sector across the province. We are going to be talking to Gordon about the new Dogs on Patio rule that came into effect at the end of March. But before we get into that, we are going to talk about the new restrictions that were just announced and how they will affect the food and beverage industry in the HRM area. Hi, Gordon. Welcome back to Downtown Lowdown.
3: Great to be back.
1: So let's start with the current state of affairs for the food and beverage industry. On April 22nd, the government announced the Halifax area is in a four-week lockdown and restaurants and licensed establishments are close to seated service. How are business owners coping with this news?
3: So, as you could imagine, it's a tough call for everyone to absorb, and no one, no one wants this for sure. everybody trying to avoid it, and that was not what was expected originally. But it has happened, and I think the general feeling from the discussion with most operators is that it's a necessary evil. We saw the numbers uh, we saw the numbers again today getting even higher, uh, so that' it's, it's short-term pain for a much longer term gain here. And if we do it now and nip it in the bud, then actual fact, we will avoid coming into our warmer patio and summer season, which is most critical for most everyone overall.
1: Mm -hmm. It seems like when we have a little bit of good news for the industry, like the new dogs on patio rule, it's followed by bad news. So you kind of mentioned the summer season, but what does the lockdown mean now for restaurants and bars as we head into the warmer months?
3: well in in some cases um I mean there'll be some adjustments I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of people are starting to stock up already, so there's inventory that now is going to be have to get rid of and obviously right. the, the new hires just hired that will won't get to work for a while so that'll that'll be a bit challenging the The test will be when we get back online so it, it's a month long lockdown, but we basically Strang agreed with us, we'll review it in two weeks, mm-hmm. we'll review it again in three weeks, and if the numbers are down, then we'll we'll lift some of the restrictions to start to go back in and open up again. Mm-hmm. Not probably fully where we are right now, but maybe with limited hours and a few other things like that, but at least get people, people back open overall. So that's probably what it's going to look like as we run into summer.
1: Yeah, I guess the lockdown we had in February um, was really almost best case scenario because it was supposed to be a month and it ended up being two weeks. Yeah. So that would be the best, best case scenario this time too, I guess. So switching gears, so let's talk about the new dogs on patio rule. RANDS has been lobbying for dogs to be allowed on patios for some time now. Why was this a priority for RANDS? And do you think the pandemic played a part in this regulation finally being passed?
3: Well, the first part was um, basically what we're having is, was people were going on patios with dogs and they've been doing it for a long time. So tradition, traditionally people doing that. Then all of a sudden the the compliance officers start reinforcing the rule that was in place which was no dogs on patios. Yeah. So what we try to do is to take a look at the research. So we did the research, what's what's happening in Canada, US, around the world and of course it all shows about the same things that people are all migrating to changing the regulation to allow dogs on patios. It's a if you look at Canada's pet I think there were like seventy-one percent of Canadian families own pets, and most of them were dogs. Like it's huge, so it was just a natural process for us. So we start, we built the case in, and made the pitch. I think three and a half, almost almost four years ago now, and and uh, that's that's how it really started on our end.
1: And do you think the pandemic played a part in getting this regulation finally passed?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I think I think what happened here is that we're, as we migrate our way through the the pandemic, and we're looking at things that'll help people. So there's some of these things are big things like rent relief and mm-hmm. and wage relief and things like that. Some of them are smaller pieces. Another larger piece would be alcohol, for example, the wholesale price on right. on beer and ready made drinks. So we had a list of things that would add value to that. Dogs on patio is one of those. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day. If you have a patio and have dogs, it can be worth up to 5% more sales in that little area that you have in your patio if you have a dog. So there's some value added as people kind of grow out of of the pandemic and back into what is regular traffic for them.
1: When restaurants and licensed establishments are allowed to open for seated service again, what rules will businesses have to follow in order to safely allow dogs on their patios?
3: There's a few rules. So there's not a lot, but there's few. Mm-hmm. most of them are just basically common sense. So,
1: right.
3: one, you have to have signings posted. So you have to have mm-hmm. signings, there's dogs on our patio. Um, number two is that if your patio is locked from the outside, you have to go inside. Your dog cannot go in, in that patio. So there are a few that are like that are going to get, as they say, landlocked. So mm-hmm. you won't, you won't get the privilege of taking your dog on. Um, uh, you're not allowed to feed your dog there. Your dog has to be on the floor at all, mm-hmm. all times. You'll have to clean if the dog has a problem, and you have to clean the waste up right away. Right. Um, there are other issues, and I think a lot of people will probably, if they have a large enough patio, they'll actually probably have a specific area for dogs. Right, and right. And so because some people don't like dogs, so they don't want to be near dogs, and, and we're conscious of that overall, too. Mm-hmm.
1: So the news of dogs being allowed on patios was met with mixed emotions on social media. Some of the concerns included people who use service dogs, not feeling safe on a patio with other dogs, people being allergic to dogs, and that the new policy places too much burden on the restaurant owners to enforce. So how is brands responding to these concerns?
3: So let's deal with the service dogs first. So mm-hmm. service dogs are our are, are advantage. They've can go they been able to go on patios from day one, so right. it, it's nothing new for them. And they can go inside the restaurant where the other... Other dogs can't. And they can also avoid, if the patio is closed from the outside, they can take their dog through the restaurant or the patio, which the other place comes. So they have kind of a privilege rights now. Um, the issue around service dog versus other dogs, it's the same thing as dog versus dog. It'll be customer versus customer. It's right. not really a major issue in that regard. Service, service dogs are well-trained. And the fact is it's pretty hard to take your dog on a patio if it's pretty Wild, you know, not not well handled and, and growling, mm-hmm. you're not going to be allowed. I'm, I'm sure that most restaurants are going to have rules about being able to refrain your dog if you can't. you mm-hmm. Dog goes and you go. You know, that's, that's going to probably be the rule. And we will have some like that. There'll be a, certainly some adjustment period for people to go through and go through the process of maybe getting a few tossed off their patio just because they can't control their dogs. So mm. that, that's just, that's going to happen. And I think patios that do a, a dog free area, that, that'll be another, I think, bonus overall. If right. you're smart and hard, but large enough patio, the dog free area will make a big difference. So it'll, it'll separate customers' dogs, service dogs you know, that can do that.
1: Right. That's a good idea. So Paul McKinnon, uh, the CEO of downtown Halifax, has joined us on this interview. Paul, do you want to uh, jump in with a few questions?
0: I'd love to yes thanks hi Gordon hi Paul so Gordon, you and I have, uh, we haven't spent a whole lot of time physically together this year, but I feel like we've spent lots of time together because we've been on a lot of the same calls, phone calls with, uh, in a lot of cases with, with other industry colleagues and uh, and with, uh, you know, political figures and civil servants from all levels of government uh, and like like myself, you've been spending an awful lot of time uh, doing political advocacy work, uh, having some success, I would say, and, and of course, like with any political advocacy, not entirely successful in, in other areas, uh, but but certainly appreciate your efforts and you've, you've always been a great resource for us because we've got so many restaurant members and oftentimes our first call is to you to say hey what are the restaurants think about this uh, and does it kind of jive with uh, with what we're hearing from our members but um so I mean part of part of the role you have to play of course is, is parsing out the different levels of government I think a lot of our members you know they're not I mean they're spending their time operating their business they're not necessarily distinguishing between you know what the federal government has the power to do what the provincial government has the power to do what the municipal go- uh, government does who's got the money who's got the regulations it kind of sits, you know, they, they just want issues solved uh, and advocacy. So certainly I would say before last week's um, budget announcement with the federal government, that the number one ask, if you could only ask one thing of, of the feds, you know, it was to continue the wage subsidy program and the rental assistance program, uh, I would guess. That's certainly what we've been hearing from members is those programs had to continue. Uh, it was announced they're going to continue at least until September 25th and potentially beyond that point. Uh, so that was good news, um, at least to get us through the through the summer months. Uh, so you can come back and answer the federal one if you want to, but the, I guess the main question I had, this is a long preamble, my question is, you know, if, if you can sit down with the premier or, or he gets stuck with you in an elevator for a couple of minutes, um, you know, what is the number one thing uh, that the provincial government uh, can do to help restaurants uh, kind of right now?
3: Well, right now, I think the the immediate thing now, Paul, would be looking at something for compensation to help out the people that were closed in the HRM area, because that, that's a big thing. So we know that there's a federal relief program for shutdown um and and we're hoping that there will be another one time payment to to restaurants to help them them through this. Hopefully this time it will be more graduated to size. Last time it was one shoe fits all. There was a set amount of money that went out and it was the same amount if you were a two person operation or if you were a 20 person operation or if you were a, if a 100 person operation. The just just the balance is not quite right there. So that would be the immediate thing second thing I'd do is to push the whole button on the elevator and try to get a few more minutes <laughs> for fresh or a few more things but that would be the that would be the quick thing right off right off the bat
0: all right that's great uh and maybe it's, maybe good save into my next question so obviously you know we're we're focused on you know, kind of two things. Well, we're focused on lots, lots of things, I guess, but the two main things uh, DHBC is focused on is, is keeping businesses going, kind of business survival and and uh, and prosperity, and then longer term downtown vibrancy. So, kind of looking a bit longer term, um, you know, what, the, all, what all the indicators seem to still be uh, still still be saying is that you know we're going to be you know we're, we're moving into this this vaccination phase. We seem to be on target uh, with what uh, the province said was was going to be the vaccination rollout. And so, looking at that at that schedule, what we're still anticipating is you know 70 70 plus of the population vaccinated uh, by September, you know, kind of that magical point of, of herd immunity. So kind of the sense that we're going to be kind of fully vaccinated by September. Uh, there really hasn't been any commitment from public health about what that means in terms of restrictions. So ultimately, obviously, what restaurants want is they want to be able to fill the restaurants again, right? So you know, maybe for restaurants, it's not so much about masks, but you know, there's there's really been no commitment to either scale back on the requirement for masks or for social distancing. Uh, there's been no time frame. Uh, attributed to that, so the idea that we can just toss our masks in September and go back to normal, that seems to be out the window, although we haven't heard much of a commitment from public health in terms of when will we know when those things will be going away, Um, you know, is it it in October, is it a year from now, is it, you know, are these things here to stay, Uh, and understanding that the science is still evolving in in all this, uh, it is a huge frustration for our members as, as they try to plan. So I guess looking into your crystal ball, um, you know, what uh, What do you suspect is going to happen in the future and and what can we be doing to kind of get some stronger commitments from public health who ultimately are the ones that, that seem to be able to make these decisions?
3: So the first thing for us, we're basically advising people that nothing's going to change till the end of the year. We don't see anything in the forecast in terms of masking, distance, cleaning. Those basic rules are going to stay in place. Uh, and I think uh, part of that reasoning is based upon one of your comments is about the science the science right now does not show that even if you had both both your shots that that does not necessarily say you can't have it and can't spread it again Um, albeit that you're if you do get it again it will be mild it'll be like the flu virus it'll help protect you in, in your recovery but much faster so that little trigger is going to be relatively key in terms of how we're going to be able to open up to full capacity get rid of the mask all the cleaning even though i think some of those things are going to stay in place uh, i noticed this is the first winter that i did not have the flu pneumonia or a cold so mm-hmm. knock on wood um there there'll be a, probably a few more masks hanging around that's going outside so that's what we're that's what we're advising in the industry a lot of people think it's going to change and and to tell you the truth i don't think the numbers are going to go up a lot of people think that once they, everybody's inoculated, that, that in actual fact uh, business is going to jump up. I don't think that will happen. I think what we'll see is a slow graduation building of business uh, throughout the year. 221 will be better than 220, but it will not be anywhere close to, to 219. It will be into 222, 223, 224 until we get back to that 2019 level.
0: Great. Well, thank, Gordon, thanks. Uh, um, thanks for doing this both this interview, I guess, uh, but also just thanks for your ongoing work uh, and collaboration with us. It's uh, misery loves company uh, at times, so it's it's always been it's always good to have some some other uh, other folks to commiserate with and to plan with. Frankly, uh, it's, yeah. it's been a, a year like no other, so it's it's always good uh, as, as we're kind of testing out ideas and and sharing what we know. Uh, groups like yourselves are, are doing the same thing, so uh, certainly our members that are also members of yours, uh, I know, really appreciate the the hard work you put in uh over the past number of years but in particular this past year
3: well the one thing i have learned through this process is is that we are all in the same boat and we go up and down with the same tide so it's better that you make a lot of partners very quickly as we go Mm -hmm. through the process for sure
1: and just one last thing gordon um as we head into the second summer of the pandemic can you remind our people listening how they continue how they can continue to support our local food and beverage industry
3: Sure. So I think the environment is going to be a lot better for people to get out. So I think get out, get out and about. Um, go to go to the patios. There's going to be a lot more patios out there this year, and I think patios are here not only to stay but to stay much longer, much season, more in the seasonality. Right. We're, we're doing a program now with the COA to extend uh, the seasonality of patios across Nova Scotia. So that will be a, a great thing that we're going to focus on: heating coverings, awnings that will help people extend their seasonality over that. The other thing is, uh, you know, if you're you're not ready to go inside, there's still the option of takeout. So I think takeout is here to stay, particularly in dine-in restaurants. So it was not a not a very big thing at all prior, but certainly it's going to be part of the revenue stream for a lot of those people, and that will stay in place probably stronger in fall and winter than it will be in summer. But mm-hmm. it, it's still it's still available to people. Don't forget gift cards. Make sure you get those gift cards out there, and when the group size gets up, make sure you take your next little party reception birthday thank yous back out to the restaurant because that's always a a fun and social environment to be in overall for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Thanks again uh, for joining us again, Gordon. It's nice to have you back on Downtown Lowdown.
3: Great to be a part of the Lowdown.
1: Gordon Stewart is the Executive Director of the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia. You can learn more about the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia or RANS at rands.ca or you can follow at A-S-S-O-C-N-S on Twitter. And this is the third time that Gordon has been on Downtown Lowdown. We interviewed him about the Sabre Food and Wine Festival on our 10th episode back in February of 2020, and again about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the food and beverage industry on the 28th episode in July of 2020. You can listen to those episodes by visiting downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast.
2: And while we still have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, with us, he's going to give us an update on summer pedestrian-friendly street closures, waived patio fees, small business highlights from the federal budget, and more. So, Paul, take it away.
0: We always like to promote uh, government programs, and we'll certainly uh, get on to that here as well. But we we are going to start off today with promoting one of our programs, which is our Gritty to Pretty placemaking grants. So this is something that downtown Halifax Business Commission, a grant program that we've done for a number of years. Uh, it's back this year, and and arguably more important than ever uh, as we're as we're looking to you know further enhance the downtown and create some vibrancy and and just creating more reasons for people to come down. So uh, it's a pretty broad grant. It's really all about you know creating uh, new and interesting spaces for downtown Halifax. So if you think about, uh, you know, the murals, a lot of the new murals, uh, some of them are very spectacular that have gone up over the past couple of years. You can apply for a mural, uh, but it can be through, uh, it can be interesting lighting. It can be kind of a a beautification program. It can be enhancing patios. Uh, It's really pretty broad. So it's really about, you know, beautifying the downtown. Uh, So it's the Gritty to Pretty grant. Uh, All the information is on our website. Uh, It's just been launched. Uh, We have our first round um, uh, extending between now and uh, Wednesday, May 19th. Uh, we'll likely have another round later on uh, in the fall but uh, but why wait till fall um, get this <laughs> Get, get your application in now, and uh, and we would uh, we'd love to uh, see a bunch of more new projects happening in downtown Halifax this year. So yeah, we're really
2: uh, asking for people to think outside the box for that one, like for the projects that they're proposing, right?
0: That's right. I think with the COVID, it's changed a lot of stuff. So uh, as I say, an idea that maybe seemed crazy a couple of years ago, maybe it's not so crazy anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. So give it a that's shot. Great. Look at
0: our look at our criteria and uh, and come up with some great ideas. And I guess the other thing we'd ask is just share it with other people. This is one of those programs. Uh, it's it's not limited to if you're a downtown member. Uh, anyone can apply for this. The project has to be in downtown, mm-hmm. uh, but if you know some great artists or or um, or other people that are, are skilled in terms of building stuff, um, uh, pa- pass this along to them. And, uh, and yeah, we, we hope to see an avalanche of applications come in and, and we want to get a bunch of these programs uh, funded.
2: And more information can be found on our website, as Paul mentioned, at downtownhalifax.ca slash gritty to pretty.
0: Okay, so continuing along in, in the good news uh, theme, and, and who couldn't use some good news uh, now as we're kind of in our now, I guess, officially into our third wave of restrictions. But we do know with with the vaccine rollout uh, continuing that uh, that this third wave hopefully is going to be very brief. We'll get it we'll get it under control very quickly, and, and we still are anticipating uh, that we're going to have a, a summer that is that is actually fairly open. So um, looking forward to that. Um, you know, sidewalk cafes are always a big part uh, of what happens in downtown Halifax. Uh, has been for many years. Uh, we see more all time um, and this year just to help uh, the restaurants out a little bit more this is one of the things that the city could could do for us uh, and they have is they've waived uh, the sidewalk cafe fee so there's a fee to put out a sidewalk cafe and, and last year uh, the city waived those and they've done that again this year so uh, as you come back downtown you'll be seeing more and more sidewalk patios pop up and uh, again it's one of those things some people just feel much more comfortable eating outside so there'll be lots of opportunities uh, the weather is going to get nice so, um, so come downtown uh, when it's safe to do so and uh, and enjoy what uh, one of our many sidewalk cafes.
2: And speaking of cafes, there'll be some extensions
0: too. That's right. I there will be some extensions. Uh, Argyle street. Um, Many people's favorite street in the downtown. Um, so the, the the two blocks of Argyle Street uh, between Prince Street and Blower Street, uh, again, will be will be closed to or is is closed now to vehicular traffic. But what that means is it's open to pedestrian traffic. So uh, that will be a pedestrianized street as it was uh, all last summer and as it was on weekends the summer before. So this is something that that seems to be getting more and more popular and and the um, and this seems to be happening for a longer period of time. So uh, this change was made as of April fifteenth, uh, and it's going to be. Uh, pedestrian-only street uh, straight through at least till the end of October and, and maybe even uh, potentially beyond that. So that gives the, the patios uh, a chance to extend a little bit, uh, but there's still lots of room for, for pedestrians to come downtown and, and just enjoy the sights and uh, and hopefully, again, stop into a cafe or just uh, kind of come and, and hang out on Argyle Street. So uh, it, it's been something that's been uh, extremely popular. So that's in place right now. Uh, we are anticipating uh, a couple of other changes as well. there was uh, there was uh, Bedford Row uh, had some changes last year, which had some some patios uh, right right in the street. we put an application in for that again for this year. So we are anticipating that's going to be coming a little bit later in the season, uh, and same with some changes on uh, on Grafton Street. So we'll look forward to those.
2: Great. Um, and what else do you have, Paul?
0: So as our listeners may or may not know, Downtown Halifax Business Commission um, operates under the under the uh, authority of a board of directors. Uh, that board is uh, is selected by the membership from amongst our members. So if you are a business downtown, you either own or work in a business uh, in downtown, it could be an office, it could be, a, it could be a dentist, it could be a restaurant, it could be a retailer, uh, you could be a landlord. Um, uh, if you're any of those things or if you simply uh, have a business in Downtown Halifax, you're eligible to become a DHBC board member. Uh, we have a couple of board members that are stepping off of the board board this year, uh, and so we're looking for some, some people to join us. So we put out a broad call. We have a nominations committee that's kind of assessing what what uh, what do we need in terms of, of skills and, and types of representation that we want to get from different types of businesses. Uh, we always want to ensure there's diversity on the board uh, in as many forms. Uh, so we, we're putting out a broad call for any member downtown. If you are interested uh, in sitting on a board and, and helping oversee uh, the work of the Downtown Halifax Business Commission, uh, you can contact me, uh, Paul, at downtownhalifax.ca, and I will be more than happy to pass your name on to our nominations committee and uh, those uh, our new board members will be joining us at our annual general meeting uh, which will be happening in late June. Great Uh, and so how
2: about some uh, federal budget uh, highlights?
0: So the federal budget uh, came down a couple of weeks ago, and uh, as always, is a, a bit of a mix of of some things that are great and some things that maybe people don't care about quite as much. Uh, so we've taken the liberty of going through and curating some of those things that we think are of the most interest uh, to our members. And of course, ongoing supports uh, are always the things that uh, that rise to the top uh, for our members that are that, that continue to to struggle through this um, this pandemic. And so certainly in our advocacy efforts, um, you know, I would say the most urgent thing that we were talking to that we've been talking to the federal government about for the past little while is extending uh, the deadline uh, for a couple of critical programs that were scheduled to end in June. uh, And that was the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy as well as the Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy. Uh, Both of those programs we've heard from lots of members in particular restaurants uh, that that these two programs really are are responsible for keeping them going uh, at this point in time uh, through through all these periods of of restrictions uh, that they've uh, they've experienced. So those are critical programs uh, the federal government put in place. They were going to expire in June with the budget uh, they've announced that those both of those programs have been extended uh, at least until September 25th, uh, and that's that's meant to get uh, businesses through uh, until the, the period when most Canadians uh, will be vaccinated. But there is the possibility that there, that there will be extensions um, uh, of those programs through till November. So uh, that'll be our next series of calls, I guess, with the federal government is is looking to extend those programs because we know that uh, as Gordon was talking about, it's not going to be the case that everything is just going to open up uh, as soon as we have herd immunity uh, and mass vaccinations. It will be a much more gradual opening. So those continue to be critical programs. So we'll continue to talk to the federal government about those. But we're very pleased that those have been extended uh, through the summer. Uh, there's some other good stuff that's in there as well for businesses. Uh, there is a Canada Recovery Hiring Program uh, that's uh, that's uh, got a 595 million dollar investment behind it. Uh, there's some great programs uh, supporting women through COVID-19. Uh, there's a Canada Small Business Financing Program uh, that's up to 500 thousand uh, dollars. There's some there's some new um, entrepreneur Uh, ship programs that are in there which are also really important uh, for our independent businesses downtown so uh, a number of things in the the business category so um, uh, we're excited for those and you can locate uh, all the all the information for those programs either on the federal website of course uh, or through our website at downtownhalifax.ca
2: thanks paul thanks for the updates all right thank you we were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He gave us updates on summer pedestrian-friendly street closures, waived patio fees, and small business highlights from the federal budget. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission strives to provide the latest COVID-19 related information as the province revises restrictions. DHBC continues to follow the directions of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Check DHBC's main COVID-19 resource page for businesses and for the public at downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. The provincial state of emergency has been renewed and remains in effect until 12 noon, May 2, 2021. Due to increasing cases of COVID-19, Premier Ian Rankin and Dr. Robert Strang, Nova Scotia's Chief Medical Officer of Health, announced on April 22nd that restrictions are returning in Halifax Regional Municipality and some communities on its borders. The restrictions will remain in effect until at least May 20th. They apply to all areas of HRM as well as these entire communities, Hubbards, Milford, Lance, Elmsdale, Enfield, South Uniac, ekim and Trafalgar. People should avoid traveling into and out of these areas unless it is absolutely necessary. Necessary travel would include for school, work, healthcare, legal requirements and family visitation under the purview of the Department of Community Services. Travel for shopping, social events, family visits, practices or rehearsals are not considered necessary. The following is a list of restrictions in HRM and the communities previously listed. The gathering limit is five, both indoors and outdoors. There will be no social events, special events, festivals arts or cultural events, sports events, faith gatherings, wedding receptions, or funeral visitation or receptions. Wedding and funeral ceremonies hosted by a recognized business or organization can have five people plus officiants. There will be no meetings or training except mental health and addiction support groups, which can have 25 people with physical distancing and masks. There will be no sports practices, training, games, competitions, or tournaments. There will be no arts and culture rehearsals or in-person performances. Virtual gatherings and performances can be held with a minimum of five people in one location. Restaurants and licensed establishments are closed to seated service. Licensed and unlicensed establishments cannot host activities such as darts, cards, pool, or bowling. Retail businesses and malls can operate at 25% capacity and must follow other public health measures. Personal services such as hair salons, barbershops, spas are closed. Unregulated health professions such as massage therapy and other complementary or alternative medicine providers are closed with the exception of continuing care workers, home care workers, ocularists, and podiatrists. Indoor fitness facilities like gyms and yoga studios and sport and recreation facilities like pools, arenas, tennis courts, and large multi-purpose recreation facilities are closed. Outdoor fitness and recreation businesses can operate with 25 people and physical distancing. Businesses and organizations offering a wide variety of indoor recreation activities are closed, such as indoor play areas, arcades, climbing facilities, dance classes, and music lessons. Museums, libraries, and the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia are closed, but libraries can offer pick-up and drop-off of books and other materials. There will be no visitors or volunteers allowed inside long-term care facilities, but designated care providers can continue to provide normal service and outdoor visits can be arranged. All homes licensed by the Department of Community Service under the Homes for Special Care Act cannot have visitors and residents cannot have community access. All adult daycare programs for persons with disabilities funded by the Department of Community Services will be closed except for scheduled vaccine clinics. All adult day programs for seniors remain closed province-wide. In private indoor workplaces such as offices or warehouses, masks are mandatory in all common areas. Places where there is interaction with the public, areas with poor ventilation, and areas where distance cannot be maintained. Outdoor activities are encouraged for physical and mental well-being as long as gathering limits are followed. For example, trails, beaches, and playgrounds are open. Most schools and all child care centers remain open. People who do not follow the gathering limit can be fined. The fine is $2,000 for each person at an illegal gathering. Public health is encouraging everyone, even if they don't have symptoms, to get tested on a regular basis at a pop-up rapid testing site to protect themselves and the community. A schedule and a list of locations can be found at nshealth.ca slash coronavirus testing. These are just some of the restrictions that may affect businesses, workers, and visitors in downtown Halifax. For more information and a full list of restrictions, visit the Nova Scotia Health Authority website at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. And
0: now for BizBuzz.
1: And it's time for BizBuzz. First, I would like to introduce Lauren Andrews, our new marketing and communications coordinator to Downtown Lowdown. Lauren will be joining us on the Biz Buzz segment of our podcast until the end of August. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown, Lauren. Thanks. And Ivy is also here with me. Hi, Ivy. Hello. On this episode of Biz Buzz, we have some business updates and milestones to share. We are going to talk about supporting local now that the new restrictions have been announced again. And we are going to touch on a few virtual events taking place over the next few months. And we will also chat quickly about all the parks and public spaces in the downtown area and our self-guided downtown art tour. So let's start with business updates and milestones. Lauren, what do you have for
4: us? I'm going to start with some business updates. There have been a few reopenings of businesses. First, Sapori Italian Street Food open in the Queen's Mark, which is located on Lower Water Street. Sapori offers grab-and-go pizzas, salads, and pastas, as well as a mini Italian-style market. They are open for takeout service, and you can learn more about them at saporihalifax.com or follow them at Sappori Halifax on Instagram. The Balancing Rock Coffee House has reopened, which is in Halifax Marriott Front Hotel. They are serving Sisabu Coffee and housemade delights daily. They are operating from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day for takeout. For more information, you can visit them on Instagram at Balancing Rock Coffee House. Johnny K's Donairs reopened and rebranded at 5246 Blower Street. Johnny K's has a new lunch menu that includes their gyros, salads, wraps, and more. They're open for delivery and takeout. You can visit at Johnny K's Donair on Instagram or Facebook for more details. In other business news, there are some celebrations. First, Insight Optometry, located on 1574 Brunswick Street, is turning 40 this year. Congratulations on their continued success. Visit InsightOptometry.com to learn more. Highwayman Bar and Restaurant is celebrating their fifth anniversary. They are located at 1673 Barrington Street. Congratulations. To learn more, visit highwaymanhfx.com or at highwaymanhfx on Instagram. Another celebration is for the Discovery Center. They received $6 million from the Canadian government for their Inspiring Youth to Climate Action Project. They are located at 1215 Lower Water Street. To learn more, visit thediscoverycenter.ca. Lastly, in DHBC news, Matthew Martel, COO of Black Business Initiatives and member of DHBC's Board of Directors, has been appointed to Premier Ian Rankin's Economic Growth Council.
1: Thanks, Lauren. In light of the recently announced restrictions, restaurants and licensed establishments cannot have any seated or in-person dining until May 20th. Because of this, some restaurants and bars have closed, and some have switched once again to takeout and delivery service only. Some smaller cafes and coffee shops like La French Fix, Bird's Nest Cafe, Grounded Coffee, Signed Coffee Labs, and more are still open for takeaway service, so you can still go in and order your coffee and food to take with you many restaurants and cafes now have the infrastructure to take orders online and by phone so you can pre-order your food for contactless curbside pickup or delivery if you don't feel comfortable going out i recommend checking the web and social media sites of the restaurants and cafes you're interested in visiting or ordering from first to see if they're open and how they're operating right now in terms of retail stores and shops are allowed to be open with reduced capacity but because people are being discouraged to go shopping for non-essential items Many businesses are once again offering curbside pickup and delivery options. For stores that don't have websites or online e-commerce sites, I recommend finding them on Facebook or Instagram to see their products and call or even email to place your order for pickup. Also, many shops have set up either private or virtual shopping tours, so you can book a private shopping tour so you will be the only person in the store, or you can do a virtual shopping tour using FaceTime or Zoom. Again, I would recommend checking out the web and social sites of the shops you're interested in to see what they're offering right now. And finally, attractions are all closed now for four weeks until May 20th. This includes the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Discovery Centre, the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21, and the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic. So next we're going to tell you about a few virtual events that are coming up. First, Soli Productions is presenting the fabric of our DNA virtually on May 22nd. Note that this is a new date. The Fabric of Our DNA is a fashion and art show with a focus on BIPOC designers and artists. We will have more information about The Fabric of Our DNA on the next episode. Plus, we will be promoting this on our social media closer to the date of the show. So make sure you are following at Downtown Halifax on Facebook and Instagram. If you are a business in Downtown Halifax that is interested in getting involved with this initiative, you can contact Cindy McNeil at C-O-O at Soli Productions and Soli is S-O-L-I Productions dot com. Or you can visit Soli dot com. The Royal Nova Scotia International Tattoo is going virtual this year with the Spirit of Nova Scotia Virtual World Tour 2021. The Spirit of Nova Scotia will celebrate, commemorate and honor Nova Scotia and its diverse people, past, present and future, and will showcase Nova Scotian and international talent. The Tattoo will tour the world virtually this summer, presenting a series of geo-gated online shows in select territories across the globe. You can visit nstattoo.ca for more information as it becomes available, including dates, tickets, the cast, and more. And the Nova Scotia Sport Hall of Fame is hosting the second annual Victory Lap Virtual Fun Run. The goal of this run is to run around Nova Scotia between May 1st and 31st. This virtual event is for every age, fitness level, and every corner of the province. Participants log their kilometers, they run, and they accumulate them all at the end to see how many laps of the province were completed. So last year, Victory Lab participants completed over three laps of the province, which is over 7,800 kilometers, and raised over $2,500 for charity. This is a great event for people who are looking to stay active while maintaining a safe social distance from others. And it is also a great way to support the Nova Scotia Sport Hall of Fame's education program. There's a minimum donation of $5 to participate, but you can also donate more to be entered into a raffle for a signed Sidney Crosby collectible. You can learn more and register for this event by following at NSFHF on Instagram and Facebook. And finally, if you're looking for things to do outside during this current lockdown, look no further than downtown Halifax. In addition to our 4.4-kilometer-long waterfront boardwalk, we also have numerous parks and public places that you can explore, including Peace and Friendship Park at Barrington and South Streets, the Grand Parade, the Granville Mall, and the Law Courts Rooftop Park. I recommend grabbing takeout from a downtown restaurant or cafe and enjoying it, if the weather is nice, by having a picnic in one of the many parks. For a list of all the parks and public places in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash parks. And we also have our self-guided downtown art tour. This art tour will take you from the south end of the downtown area up to Market Street and then all the way back down to the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic. The art tour explores all the gritty to pretty beautification program grant projects in downtown Halifax. So grab your camera and get ready to explore all the mural, lighting and public art projects in the downtown area. You can learn more about the self-guided downtown art tour at downtownhalifax.ca slash art tour. So before we sign off, does anyone want to chat about downtown experiences?
2: Sure. I'll talk about uh, a few places that I've visited in um, the past couple of weeks. Um, so Bishop Cellar, I went uh, there to pick up a couple of bottles of wine. And, of course, mm-hmm. they are still open. They are retail. Yes. So they're operating at 25% capacity uh, mm-hmm. inside the store. Uh, and they're they're so knowledgeable about wine. And yes. I really recommend uh, that retail store for wine and, and spirits. So that's, that's and great. And they still
1: do their delivery. Yep, they, they do. They wine online and deliver it. So our that's neighbors right. actually had wine delivered there the other day, and I saw the, the the van pull up, and I was like, oh, I hope they're coming to my house. <laughs> I knew they weren't ahead and order, it. <laughs> I hope they come here. But anyways, they went to our neighbors. But you but can it's always also, order it. Yeah, it's very convenient, and they have those curated boxes. So you yes. can try different wines. It's great.
2: Yeah, I did that actually uh last year, last March mm-hmm. uh when we were in deep lockdown. Uh yeah. and it was great. It just arrived on my doorstep, they knocked and you know, it was just it was fast too, it was fast delivery because we we live in town, so that's yeah. great. Um we did uh I did take out from Dharma Sushi and Star Anise and also Copper Branch this week. Uh so yeah, I eat a lo- eat out a lot. <laughs> I think people just think I drink wine and eat out a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> don't you uh yeah i guess yeah. so <laughs> so of course dharma sushi is one of my favorites for yeah. lunch specials they have you know great lunch specials they have uh teriyaki and sushi of course and mm-hmm. and just delicious consistently good and copper branch is a great uh vegetarian place mm-hmm. uh so if you're a vegetarian or vegan uh that's a great yeah, place, that's a great really option.
1: Good. Yeah, and well, you just start, had a birthday, so you've been eating out more than I've more. been.
2: Yes, I've been yeah. taken out for lunch. You have a lot um, of friends
1: that have taken you out,
2: yeah. But those places I actually did take out, so okay. those places are available for takeout um, in, the, in the next few weeks. Okay, um, so I would recommend really supporting the, the mm-hmm. restaurants downtown and doing the takeout, curbside, pickup. Online uh, online ordering, all of that, mm. uh, to help them out during this hard time. And Star is a Vietnamese uh, restaurant, and so they have a lot of great noodle dishes mm-hmm. and combos with, like, spring spring rolls, you know. Their food is really good. Really good. And they've yes. been on Barrington Street for a long time. A so long
1: time. Yeah. I love supporting them.
2: Yeah, so those are the places that I visited.
1: So, as everyone knows now, because I talk about it all the time, I have a dog. I'm always out downtown um, exploring the parks and public spaces with her, um, dragging her around so she gets some exercise so she doesn't drive us crazy in the office. So (laughs) She's cute. Minnie is adorable. (laughs) (laughs) So I regularly go down to the Dalhousie Sexton Campus Park. They have a great little park there. Um, When the weather is warmer, the old burial grounds will open up again. I'm not exactly sure of the date, but I'm assuming it might be sometime in May or June. And that is also a great place to just wander around um, with or without a dog. It's just really nice. And, of course, Peace and Friendship Park. Oh, but also you somewhere. always
2: pick up after your dog. I do.
1: That's what I was going to say. Remember to pick up after your dog. There are garbage receptacles all over the downtown area. So remember to pick up after your dog and be a responsible dog owner um, just so we can all enjoy, keep enjoying our parks and public spaces together. But yeah, also the other great place to go with your dog is the Waterfront Boardwalk is a great place to walk. Um, and I usually tend to go down to the south end, but I think I'm going to start going the other way and maybe go up to Citadel Hill is great to walk with your dog. and Uh, even all the way down to, like, the casino and back is a good exercise. And also going up and down the hills is a great exercise. Yeah, I don't do that. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) I walk downhill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah um, yeah, so now that everything has moved to takeout, um, my husband and I were sitting down this morning, like, what are we gonna order tonight? We've gotten into the habit over this pandemic of ordering takeout every Friday night as our takeout night. Um, so just a few places that are that we love and we're thinking about is two doors down. They're offering takeout and delivery from Tuesday to Saturdays. Yaya's pizza, which is on Barrington. They are their pizza is so good. My daughters love their pizza. They also are offering takeout and delivery from Tuesday to Sunday. And then another place we're looking at for tonight is Tokyo Roll on Argyle, which is also offering takeouts. So lots of options. There's lots of places still open. Again, check on social media or their websites just to make sure their hours and what they're offering. But definitely get out and keep supporting our local restaurants and retail shops. And that's it for BizBuzz this week. Thanks for joining me, Lauren and Ivy. Thanks, Lena. Thank you.
2: This concludes episode 46 of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on April 23rd, 2021. For more information, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it informative, please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown. Don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.